Welcome back, everybody. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Austin. Josh is with me this week. What's up, man? <laughs> yeah, it's good. We're off to a grand fucking start. Oh this is... I don't even... I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me back. Happy yeah, to be here. No problem. Uh, welcome back to the pod, everyone. Uh, we got we got some good stuff for you guys this week. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't even... After your... Your trip there. What are we talking about this week? Uh, Getting all over the place. Yeah. Uh, Talk about some some training fundamentals. Some yeah, false, range isms. Some false training stuff that is still taught in the military that I witnessed over the weekend. Yeah. Um, some character stuff. Yeah, we're gonna do, we'll get we're gonna get into to quite a bit, I think. Yeah. Um. So I think you, I think you guys are gonna enjoy this one. Uh. Before we we get you know we get going. Because uh, once we do, I don't want to stop, right? Uh, before we kind of jump into everything here, uh, The Prepared Mindset is a sponsored podcast. We're very fortunate to uh, work with some really awesome companies who support us and everything that we're doing here. So in turn, we want to let you guys know who they are and how you can support them and in turn, save a little bit of money. So big, big thank you to the team over at Midwest Gunworks. Guys, Midwest Gunworks has been in business since 1997. They're a family-run company. Great, great place to go pick up barrels, bolt carrier groups. You're building ARs, right? Uppers, lowers. Maybe you just need some magazines. They set you guys up with discount code prepared mindset, all one word, for 5% off your order when you head over to MidwestGunworks.com. Again, you guys can pick up full firearms. They're a dealer of Edgar Sherman Design slings. They have optics. They have weapon lights. If you're looking to get into a new firearm or pick something up for you know your wife or your child, or hey, maybe you only have a handgun and you want to get into a long gun, they have a lot of great options. Again, discount code prepared mindset is going to set you guys up for 5% in savings, and you're going to come back and support what we're doing here at PMP. Again, MidwestGunWorks.com. Go check them out today. Also, a huge thank you to Jonah and Pierce and Garrett over at 100 Concepts. If you guys don't know who they are by now, you really uh, probably, I guess, probably don't use social media, but uh, they've really taken off in the last several months here. Their light caps and scope caps have been huge successes because they solve a problem that a lot of us were experiencing uh, with camouflage and, and weapon lights and things like that. Head on over to 100concepts.com, grab yourself, you know, one of the light caps, one of the scope caps. Uh, Josh just picked up some uh, pack scrim to cover his pack, right, now that the the weather here in Michigan is changing again. Uh, I picked up a Rain 3.0 from the guys. They have the Flat Dark Earth. This is from, you know, Cloud Defensive. That Basically, I'm pretty sure the, the brightest light in the market right now. They have them in stock. So head on over to 100concepts.com, grab some gear, support an awesome company doing amazing, amazing work for the community. Also, a very big thank you to our friends over at LARP Labs. Head to LARPLabs.com and use discount code PREPAREDMINDSET to save 10% off custom 3M computer-cut vinyl wraps for your optics, your handheld lights, your weapon lasers, uh, whatever you need. John and his team got you guys hooked up. All kinds of colors, all kinds of patterns. These aren't stickers, you guys. Uh, they're not going to peel fall off after a couple weeks. They're not going to leave a sticky residue. This stuff has a three-year outdoor shelf life. It's really, really durable. So if you're somebody who's looking into trying to break up the 
silhouette of your weapon system, you're trying to paint your rifle, but you're worried about voiding a warranty or damaging your PVS-14, damaging your D-ball unit, uh, your, your LPVO, head on over to LARPLabs.com. Again, discount code prepared mindset's going to save you 10% off. Pick up some of these vinyl wraps. It's a great alternative to painting your setup, especially if the weather changes day to day like it does here in Michigan, because uh, we went from 80 degrees this weekend to about 40 today, and it's absolutely fucking miserable. Last but certainly not least, thank you to our friends over at Active Carry. Guys, med is a huge part of what we talk about here. Personal preparation, medical is at the very top of the list, you know, and it's for everyone. Not just people that carry a gun or want to carry kit, right? Everybody benefits from carrying medical gear. Head on over to ActiveCarryTech.com. That's T-E-C, no H, ActiveCarryTech.com, and use discount code PMP10. It's going to save you 10% off when you head on over. You pick up some tourniquets, uh, chest seals, right? Maybe you need an actual blowout kit, and you can pick up their Blazer IFAC. Maybe their Gamma kit if you need something a little bit bigger, they have a dangler kit called the Breacher that's great if you're looking for something to set up on your plate carrier. Maybe you're in law enforcement or the military. You need something to kind of build out to what you already have issued to you. Great, great options. If you guys still can't find what you're looking for, they actually have a custom kit builder tool. It's really freaking awesome. And they are stocking as many American-made components as possible to support American industry and jobs here in the USA. Really, really great company doing really awesome stuff activecarrytech.com one more time pmp10 to save you 10% off so you had drill last weekend we've both obviously been out to the range a whole bunch of times um and i think this is probably like i don't know it's a starting point for a lot of people you want to go to the range you want to shoot you want to learn while you're there you want to maximize your time um <clears throat> but like getting started can sometimes be difficult. Um, and your, your actual progression can be pretty difficult if you have the wrong people in front of you, giving you like poor advice, um, poor feedback. You know, I know for a while there, I, I had a buddy that I looked to for support. Um, he's in law enforcement. He was very much a gigantic proponent of, locking out the elbows and like turtling the head and mm -hmm. like, yeah, you get a really, really rigid, sturdy frame yeah. for bullseye shooting. If you are setting yourself up for precision and that's great, right? Yeah. However, under uh, most situational circumstances, you probably have somebody either running at you or shooting at you. So if you're really in a position to deploy a firearm, uh, taking the time to square up or, uh, turtle up like that mm -hmm. is probably not the most realistic right um but it's something you see people teach yeah you gotta lock everything up man or you still see people do like weaver stance and these goofy grips <laughs> yeah. and shit did you guys the old hand under the the teacuping and everything yeah. did you guys did you guys learn that in the military no i never did any real pistol um like formal pistol training but I you're didn't. a sergeant no i know right i did an m17 range uh towards the end of me being on active duty but that was that was kind of cool because my, um, they didn't really give much guidance, <laughs> um, so it was kind of up to me. Who I had, it was when I had started training, for I had been wrapping up my personal shooting and training uh, that first year or so, helping. So I got to help dudes out, and the my squad leader kind of just let me take the reins on that a little bit. But it was sort of up to me, the other team leaders and squad leader, to help. Like yeah. none of these guys had really shot pistol ever. 
Um, and the M17, even though it's like the 320 full size, even though it's big, it's kind of snappy. And the the military ammo, I think, is higher pressure. It's still full metal jacket. But well, and I, I think that uh, with with any of the Sig firearms, the um, like the bore axis yeah, just sits a little up, bit higher. The than, slides up taller. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, aesthetically, it looks better. It definitely. I mean, um, I love the way they look. But it it, it is a higher access, and so it's. I, I would definitely say it's it's more difficult yeah. to shoot that than it is like yeah. an M and P or a Glock. Yeah. Um, yeah, Based off that alone, one of the one of the kids I was helping out was really a lot smaller, like statured kid, and uh, he was just having a hard time getting behind the gun. And then also new to pistols, it's so different. Like you, you shoot rifles a lot. Um, I even saw this. I was training with my brother uh, two weekends ago, and he had shot my Glock and stuff, but it was the first time I gave him my other belt. And uh, yeah, like to to run drills for the first time. And um, Sorry, I just lost my train of thought. You can no, it happens. Cut out that pause a little bit. It must have been a lie. What's that? Because it must have been a lie. No, <laughs> it was like a courtroom. Um, I mean, it's... but yeah, just the sorry, lost my train of thought completely. The the recoil control and just the confidence behind the gun. I kept telling him like, shoot it like you're you're controlling, like you're owning that thing. You know, yeah. There's that snappiness. I remember the first time I shot a pistol, I closed my eyes. I was a little kid. Yeah, they handed me this stupid little like. Well, it's it's difficult because you kind of if you start with a rifle mm-hmm. you kind of get i don't want to say lulled into some false security or false confidence but it's different with a rifle because yeah. you have way more real estate and and it affords you the opportunity to like really reef down on that thing and like pull it into your shoulder yeah there's so um, much more going wrong with a pistol like yeah, you just don't have you know all those points of contact and and you still you have, i feel like because because handguns are predominantly you know uh People buy them for self defense and home defense, and they're less uh, less scary, right? Because the, the news talks about you know yeah. assault weapons and stuff. But so people all go to handgun courses, or they want to buy a handgun. You get so many of these stupid myths out there, like the um, <clears throat> the the sixty forty, the sixty forty grip pressure, or the yeah yeah uh, the air, or eighty twenty or it's something. Too much, too much shit. <laughs> it's it's too confusing. Like honestly. Um, the the best advice I give is just when people ask me, I'm like, well, grip the shit out of it and mm-hmm. make sure you feel like you're gripping harder with your support hand. Yep, that was the thing hand. I wish somebody would have told me because I used to completely just death grip with my firing hand. That doesn't help you. No, no. <laughs> my left. I like if you look at old videos, you'll see on the recoil, my left hand is actually separating, separating while the gun is recoiling, and my mm-hmm. my left hand grip. Like I was doing thumbs forward because I saw like people on YouTube doing it, but I just was not gripping enough with uh, my support hand, and that no, changed everything once I, I don't, started doing I, that because it is a unique sensation and feeling mm-hmm. for everybody. That's my bad. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's going. It's going to feel different. Yeah. Um, you're going to define it differently. You're going to you're, you're going to put different values on it. So I, I might sit here and say, yeah, I feel like it's 70-30. Mm-hmm. And you could sit there and go, well, actually, I feel like it's a full 50-50. It's so 50, arbitrary 50. to your, yeah. your physical. Like, what does that even mean to you? Well, and then, you know, people start thinking about, like, oh, well, how much is 70%? Yeah. You know? And then They're you're thinking about, about the wrong stuff. Yeah, you're thinking about the wrong shit instead of trying to make it work. and. Yeah. At the end of the day, like you just gotta try some stuff. Yeah. Like this is why you need to go to the range to practice. Um, it's why it's important to, you know, to source out like good instructors mm-hmm. who can help you diagnose that. Um, and that's, you know, I mean, how you, maybe you just got you, you have to pay for it. Yeah, like, I was gonna say, please don't go and spend 
a ton of money on a class. A good intro class should not be more than two, three hundred bucks. Yeah, two, three hundred bucks, depending on where you're going, yeah. what you're doing, like access to the course. I, I and almost things. got caught in that trap because my buddy and I were thinking about taking a class, mm-hmm. and there was somebody that we had seen on social media, and their starting price was like six fifty for a day. Yeah, like that's. Well, so, and that's a the lot problem. of guys starting out don't realize that you can get good instruction for so much less. Yeah, I would, I would honestly, if you are someone who's starting out, and and this isn't to say that if you have the money and you really want to train with, I don't know, um, you really want to train with Haley Strategic. Yeah, dude, go ahead, dude, go, rock like, on. Dude, go, yeah. go do it. But if you're looking at this and you're like, man, wow, training's really expensive. I can't drop seven hundred dollars. Yeah, good. Don't go, go find a local range. Mm-hmm vet it out a little bit, you know, but understand like there's lots of good instructors out there for the fundamentals. Yep. Um, you know, and we've talked about a bunch of them that are here in Michigan on this podcast before. Uh, you don't need to have somebody, you know, super well known to, to learn how to shoot a pistol, mm-hmm. you know, now you want to learn how to do all like the fucking go fast shit. Then yeah, maybe you seek out some slightly more professional help. Yep. But if you're, if you're just learning, you don't need to get you know, that crazy into it, but you do need to seek out some sort of help, whether it's from somebody, a friend who actually knows they're doing right. Or from a decent instructor. And I, you know, I caution people say, Oh, my buddy's in law enforcement. He's going to teach me how to shoot. My buddy's in the army (laughs) or the military. Well, okay. Yeah. So you, I mean, you know, that one firsthand, like you said, I don't like to like flex, like use that as a A flex. Well, necessarily a flex, but just something to say, like, that I should, that I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Just because to me, like, that doesn't really mean anything. Just, I'm, he's in the army. People like to say, oh, he's in the army. So he knows, like. So, yeah. And to, and to be clear, that's not like a dig at the services. No, but not at all. It's, it is to clarify that people that are in the army um, are, for the Busier most part. Busier with other things. Yeah. They're yeah. electricians and HVAC techs and yeah. mechanics and intelligence officers and stuff. Like. They're not for most of the military qualifying and being proficient with your, like, with your weapons is bottom of the list once a year. Yeah, <laughs> like making or sure that you can still. If you're being it. deployed, you have to do it before you deploy. Right, which so. could be like you said, it could be as little as once a year, yeah. and that's is it with, is it with a handgun and a rifle no. or just a rifle? No, just an M4. Okay. The army. Yeah. I don't in think the, oh, M6, in the army. I don't think M16 is really a thing anymore. I could be wrong about that. Maybe there's some units in the. Marine Corps that still qual with them, but like army wise, like it's just M4. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, just somebody who, oh, well, I was in the military. Like they may be able to show you a couple things. Yeah, for sure. Um, but take it with a grain of salt, you know, and we've talked about that before too. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to bash anybody in the military, but some of the most um, influential people that I've talked to and learned from are people that fully acknowledge that what they learned in the military was like one, one way mm-hmm. of doing things. And a lot of those guys will get out and tell you that was not the right way. We should not have been doing that shit. Yeah. <clears throat> when you brought up the, the teacuping and like, um, like pistol specific things that were like old fashioned, honestly, the, the main thing that I thought of, which is kind of, kind of frightening was my Michigan concealed carry course. Yeah. That they're still teaching that stuff. And oh yeah. What's like, the qual? It's like t- it's not even two mags, 20 rounds yeah. at 10 like, feet. Yeah. Like five or less than five yards. That's when I did mine. Yeah. They, they took a B five 
Right? Is that the target? So it's called a B5 or something? I don't know. Mine was a piece of printer paper with the USCCA's, like, circle bullseye yeah. target. And it showed you, like, if you're hitting to the left here, it's because of this trigger pull part of your finger, like, mm-hmm. depending on where you were hitting. And, um, yeah. Dude, we were... just we just had a backwards piece of printer paper. Yeah. Like, sprayed adhesived onto like the the cardboard and it was you get 20 rounds on the paper you're done yeah not in a full box of ammo like don't get me wrong i i think personally like constitutional carry all the way like we shouldn't have to pay our money to go ask the government permission if we can carry things that we have the right to own yeah but it does freak me out when i see people take that course and then do that quote-unquote qualification and then are like yeah i'm gonna go carry this thing around all the time or they they don't they just don't understand that like the the context it's not really context but just there is so much beyond that yeah you know and people i think it's a disservice you're gonna force people to take yeah. a concealed carry class and get the, a license the instructors the instructor was good about it saying like stressing multiple times like hey we're doing this because the state requires us to we highly encourage that you guys seek out more training after this class yes so that was i was glad that they said that even though what they were teaching was kind of outdated um i think it's part of the curriculum they're kind of tied down to it was yeah. a USCCA certified CPL course, so thankfully it wasn't like NRA certified. It was a little yeah. The NRA little... certification doesn't really mean much of no. anything. Like they, it's a concealed carry course. The NRA certification, like to become an NRA certified instructor, does not even it does not even force you to go through a draw stroke from concealment. Yeah, I don't think the USCCA one did either. It's, I mean, like, no, I'm talking about the instructor certification. Oh. Got it. Like the, to become an instructor certified by them, Eesh. it doesn't require you to cover draws from concealment, which would be a pretty big part of the process. It's I would important think to mention in a concealed carry class. Yeah, I mean, considering <laughs> that it's a concealed carry, yeah, concealed That's carry. Eighty percent of the the process of using your gun in self defense. You know? Yeah, I, I I think that that's that's a big miss. Yeah, you know. When people look at it, I mean, it's 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 almost like one of those things you go through as an exercise because you have to do it to get to the real training. I feel like there's so much that is taken away in the name of safety that you're you're missing out on a lot. To where, well, what if they did like half the class was dry fire with blue guns or safe unloaded guns on practicing the draw mm-hmm. stroke? Well, the problem is, is then you take that class from being like an eight hour class to like a twenty hour course yeah, across two days, and uh, people don't want to deal with that. You know, which they they totally should. Yeah. And yeah, you guys probably hear my dogs freaking out. Uh, <laughs> they totally should. You, you should put that much time and effort and energy into what you're doing. Um, but people don't want to. And here's the thing that a lot of people don't like. They also don't realize you can still go to the range and practice and get help and learn all of these things without a CPL. You just have to be diligent with how you transport the firearm. Mm-hmm. You have to separate the ammo and the firearm, like total opposite ends of the vehicle and yeah. everything like that. And if you're really worried about it, you can put that stupid cable lock through it. That's actually not yeah. required unless your state specifically says it is. Right. Um, but like, I, th- I wish more people would do that. I think there's a lot of people out there that like they buy the gun and it just sits mm-hmm. for six weeks until they can go to their class. Right. You know, and it's, <laughs> And you're missing out on a lot of time to establish good fundamentals so that when you get into that course, you're probably a little bit better filled in on some of the particulars. Right. Um, yeah. Michigan, Michigan's stupid in that way. Like, you can open carry all day, but mm-hmm. as soon as you sit down in your car, you're breaking the law because it's considered concealed carry if you're inside of a vehicle, even if it's on your hip. Yeah. Well, so a, lot, a lot of states are like, like that. Yeah, I know. Like, it's it's ridiculous to me. So I got to put my pistol in a case 
unloaded inside my car and mm-hmm. then wherever my destination is i'm going to jump out take a gun out and load it and put it on my hip like that's cool like just well because we don't have as true uh stand your ground law here we have a modified castle doctrines so yeah. okay it's it's but, yeah the legality of it is is stupid but people get hung up on a lot of that stuff and they let it impact the they let it impact their training right and like i might as well not just yeah do that until i get a cpl yeah no, and I think that honestly, like that mentality, <clears throat> you know, since you can open carry and everything, you can possess the firearm. I mean, transportation. Obviously, there's some particulars there we just called out, but mm-hmm. you know, as long as you're transporting it legally, you're fine. Go mm-hmm. hit the range. Go start building out a belt. Start building out a carrier, like yeah. you know, and then and start looking for either you know people to train with, and start looking for uh, access, reasonable access to you know, at least good quality training is going to have to be great, you know, or any of these like big names on social media. Um, <clears throat> but you need to get training. You need to seek it out. Now, can you, so here's the thing. I think in the last couple of years and by a couple of years, I mean like seven, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> with the, uh, how can I put this? Like, I don't know, this explosion of information that's come out on like YouTube and Instagram around shooting, obviously, there's a lot of guys out there that are self-taught on a lot of things mm-hmm. and that's cool. Cause you can totally do a guess and check on yourself at the range. And as long as you're safe, why not? Yeah. You know, it makes total sense. Um, but I think a lot of people are a afraid to do that. B don't have access to the facilities to do it. Um, and C, I also think that in the other direction, there's a lot of guys, like there's a lot of people that, that do that and then don't, don't spend a dime on formal training, mm-hmm. um, which I think is you really should because it teaches you a lot about being safe around others rather than just in your own stall or range. But yeah, um, there's another element of I don't like to use the word stress because it's over, I think it's a little overused. But mm-hmm. having an instructor over your shoulder and doing the drills or whatever that they're having you do instead of the ones that you feel like doing that day that you're alone at the range, yeah. I think uh, is a really good thing. Um, well, and, and then you just get to meet other people that are probably better than you that you could learn from well, and, and make you connections people, that way. You have people there that can see what you're doing. Yeah. Like they can dot like, yes. Could you figure it out in 200 rounds? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, could you figure it out in about 10 with an instructor who knows what the problem is yeah. when they see it and knows how to diagnose it and help yeah. you fix it? Like, yeah, you, you know, you're probably, I'm going to say you're not, I want to say that you're not doing yourself a disservice either mm-hmm. way, but there's definitely merits to doing both. And I, I, Absolutely. I had this conversation online with somebody earlier today about going and training. Like how many classes you get into this year? You know, uh, realistically, most people two, three a year, mm-hmm. depending on what it is. Maybe that's, you can that's go pretty more good often. compared to, I think the average person. Yeah. I mean, if you have a local gun range that has an actual like training staff and good yeah. curriculum and everything, um, congratulations. You're in the, the large minority of mm-hmm. the gun community. Um, many local ranges, only offer CPL classes. They don't have defined curriculum. They don't have a full-time staff. Um, and it really, I think, uh, you know, stunts the growth of the community because mm-hmm. the access to the information is just not, not great. Um, but you have to like seek those things out. And if you just rely on what the guy, at the next stall at the range is trying to tell you to like, <laughs> to get better. Um, it may not, it may not actually, you know, be beneficial information. I mean, yeah. Um, <clears throat> you dealt with it. You went, you guys went through what qualifications this, this past weekend? Yeah. Is it, and is that just because you're new or do was no, qualifications so, just up? Yeah. So the, the national guard 
um, even though you're at work considerably less than active duty, their training schedule and prerequisites are pretty much the same in a oh, calendar wow. year as active duty where you have to do a certain level of live fires and your yearly PT test and qualification. So this was our annual um, regular rifle qual. Um, we did the new qual, which is good, was really cool. Um, the Army changed their... M4 qual during COVID, I think it was like 2020, maybe 2021 is when I was they switched ask over. When they changed it, yeah. Yeah, um, I did it when it was new. It wasn't for record yet, um, which means like our scores didn't really apply to our soldier like online. They called oh, it okay. the ERB, which is changing its name again soon, I think. But um, you have a a card that basically is everything about you in the army online that you can show shows like all of the schools you've done, how many it's like your positions record. you've, yeah. And you're up to date, um, PT test and your rifle qual are on there. So this was the first time I got to do the new qual for real. Um, the old qualification, you pretty much just lay down on a sandbag mm-hmm. and shoot 20 rounds from 50 to 300 meters of targets that pop up and down. And then you do 10 rounds without the sandbag. That's called the prone unsupported. Yeah. Um, basically just lay your mag on the ground and then, um, you do the last 10 kneeling. I think I might've talked about that a little bit on our last episode, but Mm -hmm. that was the old qual like super, like if you knew where your holds were, um, on your specific zero and optic, like you were pretty set Mm -hmm. the new qual. The first shot is from standing at 50 meters. So you do like, and start at the low ready. So it's sort of like a ready up, um, and you take you take out one target at 50 meters, and then you drop down to the ground, um, and then shoot the rest of the, your um, nine rounds in the prone, unsupported, and then basically you work your way up. So you're next to a barrier now, like your conventional shooting barrier that you yeah. see a lot, um, like a V-tac barricade yep, or something. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, um, you start. You basically go from the ground up. So you do 10 rounds at a time. You also. Um, back up a little bit the old qual only had you didn't do any mag changes between because there was enough time between positions that you were always ready to shoot now the new qual is start to finish there's no real pauses and you have four um magazines with 10 rounds in them so it's still a 40 round qualification Mm -hmm. but the mag changes are up to you and the targets don't really stop popping up and down there's a there's a noticeable lull yeah that like okay you probably feel like it's, so it's probably a little bit more realistic than yeah the old qualification i like it was. a lot they're technically not supposed to even really call out what position you're changing to the first time i did it it was kind of on us like when you if you don't waste a shot or shoot at a target twice each position change will line up at each mag change if that makes sense yeah so um there's a nice little element of like you got to kind of keep your there's a little more mental focus that goes into it because you got to know when to change positions so you're laying down on a sandbag and then you do a kneeling leaning against the barricade and then you stand up um shooting against the barricade and those are all up out to 300 meters um so this is all just to make sure that you guys are like fundamentally still sound and yeah. like those skills are all there and repeatable yep in the event that you should need them qualifying is like 23 so you have to hit 23 targets out of the 40 that's it yeah like barely better than 50 percent yeah and i think i think it's a 23 i could be wrong but that that's qualifying and then um so let me ask you this do you find it do you ever find it weird though that like when we look at like training standards Mm. in the civilian space uh and people are like nope you threw one that's a fail and then we're like fuck me i suck 
I am so goddamn bad at shooting. Yeah. And then you hear like the army qualifications, <laughs> like like fifty five percent. We had a pass. dude shoot a nine. He, he shot only, nine. He only hit nine targets out of the forty. Th- okay, now that I would say you're you're pretty bad. Like yeah. okay, and you guys were so to be clear, you're shooting these with with I mean like a, a pretty decent setup. Like you guys had red dots. Yeah, we had aim point comp M twos. They, they call them the CCO in the army. But yeah, it's a, the close quarter optic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. regular oh, rod, red dot. Yeah, so like a regular red dot, <laughs> and then it what is like a fourteen and a half or a sixteen inch gun. Fourteen five, yeah. Fourteen five. It's not so. free floated. It doesn't have all your sexy. Uh, like ambi bolt releases and ambi charging handles. It's but a regular I mean, like, mil spec trigger. You're not but... running. You're not running an 18 inch M16 with irons and a carry no. handle. Yeah, you're definitely upgraded. Yeah. Um, usually, I mean, on active duty, all my quals I did were with an ACOG, and then I did one with an LCAN. Um, our unit is currently deployed overseas, so we're the guys in the rear. So they had um, all CCOs, which I actually enjoyed because I've pretty much exclusively been training with my Aimpoint Pro in my own. I say you basically have that. It's pretty much the your... same thing. It's just a little bit better. I think as a smaller red dot, the Comp M2 might be a. It seemed fatter just looking at it. Like, so when you say a smaller red dot, you mean I mean like, like a smaller the, MOA like two dot. MOA. Yeah. I think the Pro is the the Comp M2 looked closer, to maybe like a four to six MOA dot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I could be completely wrong about that, but it looked different to me. Um, where at three hundred yards, if you aimed at the chest of the little silhouette, it pretty much covered up the entire chest, no matter how much you dimmed it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, heard, heard some weird stuff when I heard, when I saw some guys giving tips to some dudes that needed help. And, uh, is that supposed to be, is there, now is there an actual like range instructor that's there to help? Yeah. Or is it just guys trying to be helpful and not realizing they don't know what they're doing? Well, a little bit of both. I, I wouldn't, say they don't yeah, know what yeah. they're doing because the guys that were helping out were that the guys that maybe already qualified mm-hmm. were help, giving like maybe guys that were really struggling like the guy that shot a nine <laughs> needed right. some uh, help out there were guys that were there shooting iron sights that um if i if it was less busy i would have loved to try to do the qual with irons because i haven't shot an m4 iron sight build up to 300 since basic training um i i wouldn't be that excited to try it no no, I, just no. just because I thought it would have been fun, but no. yeah, there's there's a set uh, group of guys that are running the range, and then there's safety guys. There's a safety at each lane, yeah, um, watching dudes. So they'll give some tips or call out targets. But then there's there's like there's a little staff of guys that are there to make sure guys are going through and qualifying, basically to answer your question. Um, so, and are they? <clears throat> do they have to go through a qualification? Yeah, like I mean, everybody to be, does. No, but I mean, like to be a range oh, officer. No. No, really? they're they're just they're they're the unit that got assigned to do it, so they were. So they're literally nothing special. No, they're just. It's I could have easily been. It could have been my company that got called to run that range, and I could have been one of the guys up there. That sounds kind of brutal, dude. Yeah, no, there's no special thing that makes somebody a range safety. It's usually just you're the you're the one that got the shit job, <laughs> which is how a lot of guys treated it. But there are dudes yeah. there that I saw that wanted to genuinely help people. Um, but yeah, I can I can go through some of the stuff I wrote a little list. I mean, if you it's want. just and it's not to make fun of anyone. No, but it's just like I think it's important to look at like. I think it's interesting looking at how what, old some of these things are that are still being like. What are the, some of the things you guys like? Would like would you get? Because you're a decent shooter, but like yeah. I mean, we were talking about it offline, and some of the stuff just had me cracking up. Like, <laughs> yeah, you made me stop. You're like, we're going to talk about this over here. Yeah, like what, the kind so. Of- I'll start. I'll start over. I'll, I'll go. So when I was zeroing, it's only a 25 meter zero. Okay. Uh, 25 yard uh, zero, which 
was actually interesting recalling with that because I haven't I've been shooting a 50 meter zero 50 yard zero mm-hmm. 5200 pretty standard don't have to worry about your holds nearly as much at 300 uh, 325 meter I'm you're kind of aiming at the belt line all the way out until 250 300 well yeah because yeah. you're impacting higher to where if you aim at the chest at like 100 like you might shoot over his head you might miss it all yeah. together yeah so I think that's where a lot of guys I wish the it would take so much money and effort to change the zero ranges to be a 50 meter zero or some guys love the 36 yard zero um but I think that would be so much more beneficial because there's so many soldiers that just don't understand well, what the 25 meters zero does so to many their bullet. Sh- yeah, there's so many shooters that don't understand how your zero works yeah. and why it's important. Like, why am I aiming that. at this thing and it's not hitting? Like, that doesn't make sense. Well, you're shooting yeah. over it because the bullet... You know, or or you know. here, I, I impose this dot, right, mm-hmm. my red dot, or if I have a, if you have a scope, right? Like, I put my crosshair dead nuts on yeah. this center, you know, center mass... And I'm missing. Yeah, that's frustrating. And it's like, oh, well, the optic must be wrong. Like, well, is the optic wrong? Yeah. Or are you wrong? Do you yeah. just not understand, like, how a zero works? Because the optic can be fucking fine. I think the zero process gets rushed as well to where you guys have you have guys getting on the line that might not have a really good zero either. So that could mess well, you I up altogether. I think people don't, think people, people don't learn how to do a zero. Yeah. Like, you don't learn how to read your own outputs and understand how to, like, I'm, I'm bad at zeroing. Like, I, I am, I struggle with it. I get impatient. Yeah. To where I, by my third group, it was, I knew I was where I was supposed to be. But I knew if, if I kept shooting, my fourth group was just going to open right up because I get impatient. Like, I get, and I get a little fatigued because yeah. I have shitty eyes. So, like, my first couple groups are usually really good, but then I have to kind of squint and, like, close my eyes and reopen them to get refocused on the target. Yeah. But I think, like, the, the actual concept of it, people are just like, oh, well, they understand zeroing your optic makes sure that it's accurate, but mm-hmm. they don't really understand how to, like, okay, so you're you're shooting left. Yeah. Which way do I turn which knob to make that adjustment, you know, and, like... That, that's one of the notes I wrote down. <laughs> Oh seriously? Yes. Okay, so yeah, let's let's hear this. Like, what did, okay. you, what did you what did you get from these? So uh, I started guys? zeroing, um, laid down in the prone. First off, they did not go by the new TM. You're supposed to zero slick, which means you're not wearing anything. Like you don't even wear a hat so while you say you're zeroing. They didn't go off the new TM. What is TM? That's the the rules. Oh, the training manual. The tra- yeah. Okay. So okay. the since the qual changed, like the the zero used to be nine rounds. You'd shoot three. Mm-hmm. at a time three round groups the army switched that to where you're supposed to get something like 40 rounds to zero so it's groups of five just to give you more data on your input and what where your gun's actually hitting so mm-hmm. they went by the old group which is three rounds which i hate personally um but then they also had a zero in all of our kit which, which isn't unreasonable but right. it's it does change because your body elevation changes yeah. like everything's and we qualled in kit so I'm glad that, you know, my zero was the same. But ob- obviously you kind of want to set yourself up for success mm-hmm. and get the truest zero you can. And then when you throw everything on, like, I don't know, that's my that's my mentality. Anyways, um, so I'm laying down to zero, and I pop off my first three rounds, and there's the soldier that um, is the safety for me and the guy next to me. Um, he's a specialist. comes up to me. He's like, hey, just wanted to let you know, like, every time you pulled the trigger, I saw your barrel move. Like, you were shaking a little bit. And I was like, I felt really good about the three shots. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. we'll see when we look down there. <laughs> like, all right, thanks, man. Like, yeah. look at it. And then he also told me not to use the part of my finger that I was using. He said I was knuckling the trigger too much, which. That's, like, that's, that's different person to person. Like, yeah. somebody who has small hands versus large hands. Yeah. It's, I, I wrapped around the trigger, too. I kind of took, my, instead of gripping my thumb all the way around the pistol yeah. grip, I had it 
on the which a lot of guys you brought it on the like the safety side yeah or, sorry yeah. on the opposite side yeah um, which hard a lot of guys do when you're explain over podcast. when you're going for for precision mm-hmm. you know over yeah just which, I guess, normal which isn't taught in the military so he told me not to do that so like, oh, yeah well, respectfully yeah. I was like okay thanks man and then we walked up and all my rounds were touching in the on the group so your group was like what an inch under yeah like i had i saw where my adjustments were but those three rounds were like really tight mm-hmm. um and he, he looked at his like all right cool and then he didn't give me any input for the rest of the time um say i could have been a complete dick to him didn't just launch his flash rank yeah i could I, I guess i could have but like what good would that do you know um but that was kind of funny um and then oh so when i got back to make adjustments i had to do like one click and the the windage knob i opened it up and he told me to turn my, what is it, like, it'll tell you the way, it's so hard to word this, wherever you want your bullets to go on the paper yeah. is where you'll adjust what the, the, knob the will site tell you, says. Like, yeah. Turn, yeah. He basically told me the opposite. So I was supposed yeah. to go counterclockwise, <clears throat> he told me to turn it clockwise. Like he, he, and I knew, I was pretty sure he was wrong and I wanted to say something, but I was like, all right, let me just adjust it the way I think is right and then we'll find out if my group is right. And then I'll, and then maybe I'll say something because I didn't want to like be a dick and then be wrong. <laughs> well, but I mean, if he's so here's here's my and again not having been through it, right? My thing is like if somebody's out there and he's in the place that he's giving people input yeah. and stuff, and they are taking this input. And I was not the first person to, out there either. There had been multiple shooters before right. me that he was probably giving the wrong guidance to. And they're taking this guidance to apply to their qualification score, which mm-hmm. is something they obviously have to like you know do do well enough on not yeah. super well obviously at like a 23 out of 40 to pass but right. if he's out there giving the wrong information there's some people who are really probably fucking struggling yeah. uh or or teaching a lot of <clears throat> bad habits in order to achieve this 23 out of 40 and they have no idea they're doing it the wrong way yeah because you got somebody out there teaching or trying to teach who is not even remotely qualified yeah it's it's something that and there's no, here's the thing, there's no shame in not knowing, but like, and this is why, I think you and I have talked about this before too, like, this is why I'm so measured with what I post, like, online and stuff, because mm-hmm. like, I don't, I, I mean, people ask me questions, I'll I'll share my opinion, I don't really try to tell people the right and wrong way to do stuff. Yeah. Um, I'll share my perspective, I'll share my thoughts, there's certain things that like, I, I can confidently say are fact, like, hey... If you don't have night vision, you're probably going to fucking die in the dark. <laughs> and I I feel like I'm probably pretty justified in that statement. You can have a flashlight, and you might be okay. But you're probably going to fucking die in the dark. You know, I think that, you know, and a lot of people would agree with that, you know. Yeah. So I feel okay when I say that. But I'm not going to get into, like, the debate of the, I don't know, the 5.56 versus the 7.62 round of Y1 superior yeah. from a scientific yeah. standpoint. Like, I, I'm not that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm so exhausted of that stuff. Too, it's it's annoying. Time. But it eats up a lot of time. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, bottom line is like, if you're gonna be out there teaching somebody, like you need to have your shit squared away. Yeah. Um. Another good one, which just threw me way off, threw me off. Um. The there was another the kid that was qualifying with iron sights was having an issue qualifying. So the the guy that was giving him guidance, I was just listening in, like. Here, I, I, I think back on it, like, I'm listening and hearing somebody teach something that's, like, not necessarily right, mm-hmm. but I also didn't try to help. 
I'm kind of like listening and I'm, yeah. I'm now I'm telling you like, oh, this is so weird that he said that. Like, I guess I also didn't want to just overstep and like make that guy seem like he was an idiot either. So, no, I mean, um, but he basically said, um, like get it talking to me, get mount up on the barrier and everything, like lean your body into him. Like, yeah, rock on dude. Like that's, yeah, yeah. that's what you want to hear. But he told him that not to grip the hand guard too hard because the, bl- the, the blood vessels in his hand will affect the accuracy of his shot. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if he meant flinching. At first, I thought he meant, like, the. I thought he was going to talk about, like, the non-free-floated barrel thing. But, like, no, just if your heart rate is up and you grip the handguard too tight, the blood vessels in your hand with the the pump of your heartbeat are going to make you pull the yeah, shot. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand th- what he's getting at. Yeah. That's just the most poorly articulated <laughs> way of trying to convey that message. Right. And I don't want to try to insult his <clears throat> intelligence too much because technically, yeah, maybe that's right. But I feel like there's so many other things you could be teaching in that moment. Like yeah. Trigger like pull how and to, breath and yeah, relaxing huge. your body instead of tightening up so much, which I think might have been what he's trying to get at. Well, not to go super tight on it, you know, because muscle tension, muscle tension is a, a, when you're trying to do anything of any kind of detail or accuracy is the absolute enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have, I would have addressed breathing. Yep. I would have just said, Hey, relax, yep. breathe, think about a nice, smooth, even trigger pull, you know, like, yes, the tension can cause shaking, yeah. which can then obviously introduce some issues mm-hmm. with your accuracy or maybe maybe not i mean your barrel was shaking and apparently you did just fine right. so but to say it's the the blood that's he specifically said blood vessels in your hand and i was like what yeah that's a that's a new one for me yeah i i was surprised i in, immediately was like oh i need to tell austin about this yeah i <laughs> i'm glad that that's the first thought you had I was yeah. like, man i can't wait to tell my friends about this shit yeah but, I mean, that's the kind of stuff you hear at ranges, and it's not even like it's unique to just the military. So, yeah. like, take it out of con- out of that context and put it into the civilian context, and, like, you get all kinds of dumb shit at, at ranges. These guys like, leaving the military, that, that's what they were taught. Yeah. And then they go, I'm going to teach a class. And then, I'm going to go teach a class. I'm going to become a firearms instructor. Yeah. You know, and you see people. And here's the thing is, like, I had this discussion with, uh, briefly anyway, uh, with Justin Day, who runs Finest Hour here mm-hmm. in Michigan. He's taught with Haley Strategic oh, yeah. for a number of years. He runs, obviously, his own training company now. Uh, was a, a SWAT medic for a number of years. Yep. Good dude, right? The number of people that go into his comments and ask for his bio and his qualifications to teach. And it's like, I get it on one hand. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like people go and look in those bios just to see like what military unit you were part of. Yeah. And based off of that information alone, they make the decision like, well, hey, this guy was a Green Beret, so I'm going to go learn how to shoot from him. Right. Like, well, yeah, I mean, Green Berets do have to know how to shoot pretty well. And they teach a lot of people to shoot also from they other do. countries. And they do. Okay, so maybe this is a poor example. I know maybe what you like, mean. Yeah, but, like, you know, they may be a it – it's a Ranger mm-hmm. or a Marine, right? Because every Marine's rifleman. Um, They're almost looking for just those keywords, even if they don't even know exactly what that really entails. Yeah. I mean, they could be a piss-poor communicator. Yeah. Yeah, they know how to shoot well. doesn't mean they're going to be able to teach you how to Mm -hmm. do it well. You know, uh, I would almost say, you know, if you're looking at that kind of stuff, like, you can look for it, and that's fine. But I I would also, like, look at the reviews online and talk to people who have taken those courses and searched out and vetted out and try and find out, like, the kind of information because... You're really, I mean, you're, you're quite literally taking your life into your own hand. Not like you're going to die at the class, but because you're going there to get better at shooting, if they teach you the wrong shit, yeah, that's a problem. 
It's not good. Yeah. And I don't know. I just I, I wish the I wish the community, right, would move away from some of the idolizing I I, I think. On both on both sides of it too. Yeah. Because you get the idolizing of the unit, the status, the experience, mm-hmm. which or you get idolizing of dudes that are really good at shooting but also don't have that like i don't know it's like this stupid like why are we worried so much about that it's to me well because i I think you know you're i mean you're looking right like you see stuff on social media and you're like okay well that means that if they can do that i want to do that they can teach me how to do that Mm -hmm. there's just this presumption of teaching ability um and it's not not always the case you know a lot of guys who are not anything special in terms of military experience or hell even law enforcement experience right are pretty pretty damn good teachers mm-hmm. with a proven track record of, of being successful and giving good information. You know, you don't have to be an uh, what do you the USPSA Grandmaster yeah. is that right or is it or IPSC or I think you're right. whichever one. You don't you don't have to be the world's greatest shooter to be a good teacher of shooters. Yeah, and give out good information that people can rely on, and cause that's a problem. I mean, the scary part is. That stuff you just rattled off, <laughs> you know that at some point somebody said that shit to them. Exactly. I was going to get to that too. Like, yeah. I can't really fault them too much because that's what they, they were taught that by somebody. It somebody didn't, they told didn't them just, that. You didn't yeah. just think that up. Like, oh, it's the blood vessels in your hand. It's just, it is regurgitation of it's the probably, same and he shit. Had, he, looked, he was an older guy, so he's probably been in way longer than me. Yeah. You know? Uh, so he probably heard it from some, like, 90s army guy or something. I don't know. That's all generalizing, but you yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's probably an old thing that's been taught for a while. Well, and that's, um, I mean, I think we're, we're finally starting to see a little bit of shift of that, too, because the 90s military era guys are kind of phasing out, and you're starting to see a yeah. lot more dudes phase in. Dude, the, the early 2000s guys are all leaving now, too. Like you're, Yeah. But, like, yeah. there's guys like, oh, yeah, I was in the SEALs. Oh, cool, when? And they were like, I got out in 96. I was like, so you were a SEAL in the lowest point of combat in the history of the country. Like, you probably did some things. <laughs> I'm but sure like, they did. Yeah, yeah. You know, is it the most up-to-date information? Possibly not. I don't know. That's not, and again, that is not to, like, rag on anybody. Yeah. I'm just simply pointing out that, like... You're just going to get destroyed online after this episode. Yeah, but. people are going to shit on me on social media for, for pointing <laughs> out the, the obvious fact that some people are just bad teachers while being great performers. I don't... Yeah. I, mean, I, I remember thinking uh, or being taught even I mean you were into music you still yeah, yeah, teach yeah. music yeah. Like, uh, as a musician I remember being taught like if you can be the best musician you just yourself and your skill but if you can't sit down and teach somebody what's, mm-hmm. what's the point well, and that's sort of like I know there's obviously like yeah stuff to talk about in there like it's obviously not pointless but pers- my personal view on like if I can't teach somebody to shoot mm-hmm. and be proficient, if I get frustrated with them just because they can't do what I'm trying to explain and they don't, they're not smart enough to understand it, like, yeah. what's, what's the point of how good? Well, and I think that being able to uh, articulate a point about something yeah. it, it it forces you as the individual, uh, as the teacher or whatever, like you, it, it forces you to have to think about things in a different way mm-hmm. than you're used to. So, um, in that regard, I found that. You know, when you're teaching, it's an it's an incredibly valuable tool to yeah. improve yourself, just because it makes you think about things differently. Mm-hmm. Um, you, it's almost accidentally, you start to like figure some things out. You, yeah. you think about things differently. You approach some things differently. Um, 
you know, it's, hey, I've never thought about that before. I don't know. It always just worked for me, yep. you know. Um, and if you truly do want to want to step into a mentorship type role, whether it's shooting or music or I got anything, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's something that you really have to look at is, you know, um, what kind of message am I sending? Mm-hmm. How am I sending it? And could I do it more than one way? Because everybody yeah. learns differently. So if you only know one way to explain something and you want to be a teacher um, or an instructor or whatever, you should probably address that. That's, re- that's huge. Yeah. It's well, and it's why I think do, I honestly, I think that shit like that, the, I know one way approach. Um, I honestly think it's why we have a lot of the issues we do in the community right now mm-hmm. in terms of performance, performance shooting, yeah. uh, you know, or our out or outcome driven, you know, shooting where you look a lot at marksmanship and you look at, you know, repeatable outcomes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of guys that run around in kit. You got a lot of guys who want to do the the high speed stuff, mm-hmm. but then like, can you do it every time? Can you, like, how far can you stretch it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm guilty of going too fast, too soon too. Well, I mean, like but, I would... but you just said, you just sat there and said it though. Like I'm guilty of doing this. So like you're cognizant that you do it. Yeah. And I'm sure you probably hit the range and, try to actively go okay wait stop slow down go mm-hmm. back do this again do this yeah you know 20 more times or something that versus the guy that's like oh well i, I can go fast bang bang you know whatever i'm gonna yeah. put 50 rounds down range i hit fucking 12 yeah like you're you're your nine round wonder over there and yeah. uh and then it's yeah i can shoot shooting shooting you just you just got me thinking too so like one way of teaching something usually it's the thing that worked for you so that's how you might want to teach everybody but in shooting you have multiple shapes and sizes of people like Mm -hmm. there's ways of shooting that will not work if you're a bigger dude um and teaching somebody small like uh i just saw amy post on instagram about leaning into the gun for small people Mm -hmm. like you see all this like upright shooting natural position like is being taught all over the place like yeah rock on but like really small people like amy's saying like you need to lean into that gun because (laughs) you gotta you gotta control that thing well yeah Um, i mean you gotta you gotta use everything at your disposal but understand that your circumstances Not not only and when, and so here's the thing is like when people say your circumstances, a lot of people just think it's environmental, right? Like oh well, it's really hot out. Your hands are really sweaty, <laughs> yeah. you know. Versus where like Amy for example, it's really cold, and you might be so shooting cold. at mittens, yeah. you know. Like no, like your circumstances may be different. Like yeah. if you're in law enforcement, you may have to shoot a forty versus a nine. Yeah. Which is different. You may be. You a, might be required to wear gloves while yeah. you're shooting at all times. You might be a five foot four, hundred and ten pound woman yeah. versus a six foot four, two hundred fifty pound man. Yeah. You know, with huge hands. Yeah. You know, it's it is different person to person, and that's why it's un, it's why it's important to understand the fundamentals and the principles. Yep. And then be able to <clears throat> be like flexible around that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, where you can look at it and go, okay, well, the the point is you want as much. Uh, we were talking about shooting handguns earlier, right? So like you need as much pressure side to side, you know, with your hands as you can. So you have really tiny hands. So think about this or adjust your hands this way to maximize mm-hmm. surface area contact. Like I don't have that problem. My problem is the opposite. I have too much surface area with my hands and not enough <laughs> like gun to go around. Yeah. Which is why I shoot larger guns you pretty need, well. You need the full size plus. I do. Need... I have huge hands. Yeah. That's why I struggled. You know, I've talked about it here before. Like I shoot my M and P shield first gen, like absolute dog shit. Yeah. You you make a, a Desert Eagle look like a Glock thirty four. 
maybe i've never shot either of those but i, I know steve got the i want to shoot steve's yeah. yeah yeah i'm really looking forward to that yeah uh but yeah it's it's it is the circumstances different from yeah. person to person um so understanding that and but, you know and and with that like to what you were saying you don't have to be rude when someone gives you information yeah but just understand that, like, as a new shooter, don't feel bad for not wanting to listen to somebody sometimes because yeah. if it feels like bullshit, there's a better than not chance that it is. Did you, Lucas's story or post, he put out a post recently that I think was really good. Like, if you don't understand something that your instructor says, it mm-hmm. should be a red flag. Like, if they use some fancy words and you think, like, oh, he's just smarter than me, he must, like, he knows if it just. <laughs> Um, um, maybe I would say I was uh, they, like, I agree with parts of that post. Yeah. I will say that you personally have a responsibility at that point to raise your hand and go, I don't understand. Right. If he's using a word, like that may just be how he explains it. And yeah. you could say, Hey, I don't know what that word means. Can you explain it differently? Well, you just like, did that for me over this conversation. When I said something military lingo, you're like, Whoa, slow down. What does that oh, mean? Oh, the TM or yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know, it, no, I mean, they it, might say stuff without it even is, realizing it. It is your responsibility as a student, as it is their responsibility as a, as an instructor to stop and say, Hey, I don't, yeah. I don't get that. Because if he said, you know, if you're instructing a class and you know, like talking about kinesthetic appropriate whatever i don't know something like i'm thinking like big big words right travis haley biomechanically efficiency yeah biomechanic efficiency whatever yeah Yeah. and somebody and nobody raises their hand and goes what is that you're like oh you guys all know those words okay cool like we're we're on the level here like and you feel good and you keep going yeah if someone raises their hand and goes i have no idea what you just said then you go okay yeah no that's good like you you have to it's a give and take it's a give and take and that's lucas's post i i believe may have been targeted um, i think actually Towards Travis specifically, so yeah. I, I'm like, okay. Yeah, I saw that before. I saw all the other stuff, so I was like, yeah, it's a cool post. And then I realized, you know, I think in in the spirit drama. of it was right on, though. Yeah, you know, I mean, because, I think as an instructor, it should it should be up to you to make like reach your audience. You know yes. what I mean? That's sort of a responsibility as a teacher. Not to, even sort to, of, dude. I, I would yeah. say that that's definitely your responsibility as a teacher. Right. Is like make it understandable. Yeah. Now, don't dumb it down to the point where you lose people, mm-hmm. but like you gotta. You, you got to make it digestible yeah. while still making like the quality of the content worthwhile. Um, which, you know, again, that's a uniquely civilian issue in the military. You don't got a choice. You just got to no. figure it the hell out Yeah. in the civilian side. People are paying a lot of money for those. Right. I mean, and you get six hours. Yeah. So you got to maximize that time. I think a good motivator too, is people can just refund your class if they don't, if they want to leave halfway through, that might be a good, I've never been a, a um, civilian instructor. So I don't, I don't know. But, I don't know how many, if they just like left in the middle of it though, I don't know how many of them would actually refund it unless yeah, there was like a real I, reason. I've, the one class I was at, that's, they said at any time you can get your money back if, if you want to leave. But you know, that, that's probably, uh, varies between yeah, it's, instructors uh, and yeah, classes. It, it's different, different, uh, especially insta- if they travel there to get there, like you're paying for their, oh, then their yeah, you're probably not getting that. a full yeah. refund. You know, you might get credit to apply to a different course or something, Maybe. but that would also, I would think depend on the reason why you're leaving you're just leaving because yeah. you're like oh i have a super bowl party to go to like um, oh that's uh those are some adult decisions there jimmy right. so maybe figure the fuck out yeah <laughs> who are some of the your favorite people that you've watched over the years that when they teach whether it's a professional class or just um buddies on the range to watch for guys listening that might want to look for some good material to watch yeah it's tough um because some of the guys that i uh, you know originally like early on when i didn't know anything mm-hmm. Were, were some of the most impactful for me turned out to be complete dirtbags like uh, Corey 
from Range Time with Corey and Erica, who uh, basically I don't remember that came out. He was like a stolen valor type guy, I think. Oh, sick. Um, <clears throat> um, he did, badass, I think, join up. I think he was medically discharged or something. Um, but I really enjoyed his videos just because I came across them and there was a bunch of them at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like, I do, I, 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 okay, I'm not trying to call anybody dumb. (laughs) I consider myself to be a little bit more of an intellectual. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I personally do really uh, enjoy and appreciate a lot of what Travis, that, you know, Travis Haley puts out when he talks about making your body work harder for you. When you're talking about things like biomechanic efficiency mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and the thought that goes into designing like the kinesthetic angled grip, or whatever the mm-hmm. CAD grip that BCM makes that he helped develop yep. um, or like Chris Costa, the whole concept of like your, your thumb in line with your arm for bone support to mm-hmm. form that supporting hand grip early on when I was learning how to shoot, like those guys were, and that, that I did, I've never actually seen the Magpul. I was going to ask you, were you into mm-hmm. that? Cause I, it was, I wasn't into nope, it by the time I, those had already been gone. Yeah. They were already gone. They were at the tail end of it when I was really okay. starting to get into it. Um, so those guys were, those guys were definitely influential. Um, I would say honestly, like Lucas at T-Rex arms was, has been, yep. uh, for a lot of people, you know, for a lot of people, he's been very, uh, I mean, it gets you excited about it and you search out, yep. um, you know, even other folks, I would say those are probably like my top three were mm-hmm. Travis, Chris, and, and Lucas. Um, and from there you pick up bits and pieces from other guys that can just give you, maybe it's just one thing yeah. that you pick out, you know, uh, or, or maybe it's five things, five little things, yeah. but it's tough because right. As you progress at, like they could say something really, really profound, but you maybe already understand that when you're, 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 you're yeah. catching their content three years later. Yep. Or something like there's some really good guys out there that talk a lot about the fundamentals of shooting and do things really well. You know, um, Brandon bridge or, or, you know, nine banger on, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I talked to Brandon about a lot of stuff. He's a pretty yep. smart guy. Uh, I'll say Devin Soto at, at tactical cowboy is a friend mm-hmm. and I, I really enjoy, I've been liking, I've started following him recently. Yeah. I've been liking looking at his Instagram posts and everything. he does a pretty good job with it. Yeah. You know, I and like they're what, getting out there and getting after it too. Yeah. Like they have some really good, I, I don't, yeah. I will say, and here's the thing, and I will say this, I don't agree with everything that Devin says. Yeah. And I, and so, and I Which only. Which is fine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> why, I, and I only, why do we have to disagree and then am, just like shit all over the person? Why is that the trend right now? Totally agree. And I, that's the only reason I said it is because yeah. it is, I wanted to make the point that it is okay. Fundamentally, yeah. it is okay to like nine things an instructor says and one thing and not like one thing that they I feel they like say. that means you're listening and actually yeah. thinking about what you're, what's yeah. being to, like <clears throat> told to you. It, it, I think that you should. I think yeah. that's why there's value in in seeking out multiple sources of information, yeah. uh, multiple trainers, taking courses with multiple people who have <clears throat> multiple perspectives. Yep. There is value in that. Uh, I certainly I learned when I was you know doing music and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I learned from a lot of different people that came from a wide range of experiences and opinions and ideas, and it was it made me better for it. Now, yeah. some of those people, they overlapped with some of the things that they did. Some, some things they did not, you know, they did very differently. Um, and then you kind of get to settle. I mean, I didn't because I was in a group, so I had to do it their way. Kind of like when you were in the military, you got to do it their way, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're done with that, you can kind of look back on it and go, well, here's my way. Yeah. Not that their way is wrong and or my is wrong. You know, mm-hmm. none of these is, are are wrong, but this is just how I do it. Mm-hmm. And as long as the outcome is what you're looking for, that's... 
for the most part, that's fine. I think if you're doing some stupid shit like a revolver grip on, you know, like a like <laughs> a, 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 a revolver. <laughs> yeah, without a revolver. <laughs> yeah. You, okay, let's have a conversation here because yeah. even though you might be hitting bullseyes with it, you, yeah. you look like a dingus. Yeah. So we're gonna yeah. save you. But, you know, and, and it's it's tough because people take those first steps in training and they don't, I feel like he, you can do so much damage to a new shooter, man. Like in the first six months, I think it's the most impressionable. It's like a child, you yeah. know, like the, they're just so impressionable because they don't know which way is up. Mm-hmm. And you can do so much damage by teaching them just a handful of bad things. And if they're really motivated to get after it and they dry fire a ton and they hit the range a ton. Mm-hmm. That's a bunch of if they're hitting the range, that's a bunch of money and ammo, especially yep. today that they're wasting. Yep. But a bunch of time, and then, and it's only and it's worse because you are teaching them the wrong thing. So that it's not just time wasted learning that; it's time you have to waste to break that habit, mm-hmm. and then time you have to spend to learn and make habit of the right way. Yep, and stuff. No one ever gets it right one hundred percent of the time. Like we all learn something. We're like. Yeah, it's pretty fucking stupid. I can't believe I wasted two years working, you know, my reloads this way. And I try it the other way and I was instantly better. So now I got to make that the new standard. But that's also part of the journey. I would say that there's no shame in it. I dry fired a lot when I started after I got my my Glock, my first Glock. um, And I ended up realizing once I started to shoot more that I was dry firing terrible habits without even knowing it. Do you have like, like what? So my support hand would ride up on my slide, my slide stop slide release a lot of people have that issue so with the clock, yeah. it felt great in dry fire and then once i started shooting even mid even while there was still rounds in my mag i'd be locking my slide to the rear in recoil yep or um it was either riding up on it or um i would hold it down even sometimes with my support hand so then it wouldn't lock to the rear uh, to mag. i thought it was oh i thought it was the mag mag springs were going weak which obviously it wasn't like mm-hmm. i haven't changed those springs even now and they still work so um it was definitely me you need that cag work side like the, the extension super i thought about it but then i just like got better fix your grip yeah <laughs> well because realistically so okay with huge hands yeah so let's let's look at that though because a lot of people will in in in, in a lot of uh realms right oh gear Mm-hmm. Or different gear is the answer to fixing my issues. Right. Right. Like, okay, I you, you held up your slide stop, and I made the dumb joke about, well, I just get the tall one from Cagworks, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it works, but what if you're in law enforcement and they don't let you modify that firearm? Mm-hmm. Or you're in the military and they don't yeah. let you modify that firearm? Well, looking back too, like, I know that my support grip wasn't even correct because that was at the time that I was death gripping with my firing hand and I was riding my support hand so far forward that I had all this open surface area between my palms yeah. that wasn't being filled in, which obviously now we know, like, and I know, I mean, if people knew this before me, but mm-hmm. now I know like choke up as much surface area as you can and vice that gun into both hands. The energy is going to look for the, the path yeah. of least resistance to yeah. escape. You have to fill in all those gaps yeah. and it's, if it feels goofy, you're probably doing it right. It's Honestly, like, uh, it's like yeah. golf, modern samurai, um, Scott Jedlinski. Yeah. They're, um, they, the arrow thing. Yeah, the thought, arrow. That like, uh, was it the arrow tattoo that I sent you? Yeah. Um, yeah, somebody had a tattooed on their hand. Yeah, which I thought was really cool. 
He just um, does it with Sharpie in the class. So. Oh, does he? Yeah, he does it. And yeah. it's to, to give that visual representation. I need to do that now because I was trying to explain this to my brother and I think I got my point across, but that would have been helpful. Well, he's, his is a little bit different where he like your, your support hand, instead of just being like all pressure inward, it's pressure inward, but he like backwards. rolls it backwards. Yep. And it, it, and it like, and I, that's how I form my grip. Yep. And I, that's how I do it now too. I had started doing that a little bit before I even saw that Scott was teaching that. And when I saw it, I was just like, oh good. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not making a sacrifice on quality, you know, just to make a band-aid solution here. Mm -hmm. It is a viable, repeatable option. Um, And it's the importance in like looking into people and, you know, I mean, five years ago, who was Scott Jedlinski? Right. You know, I don't, I don't even know how long he's been teaching. Honestly, he could have been teaching five years ago, but it certainly was not as popular as it is now. Mm -hmm. Shooting is one of those things that like, it's constantly evolving. Yeah. There's constant. And, We've been shooting handguns, semi-automatic, like you know, hundred years. Yeah, plus. Yeah, over hundred years. We've yeah. been we've been past the revolver for what was it, like the Browning Browning's first model was like the eighteen nineties somewhere in there. My my friend from Arizona could uh, answer that probably with the month and day, but you know, I'm not yeah. I'm not as savvy on dates. But it, it, as that. so but yeah, it, a long ass time. A long time, right? And we are still making developments in how to do it, but and it's not the the weapon technology. Lord knows there's been enough companies that have tried to reinvent the wheel to make an easier to shoot, more effective firearm. Yeah. We still go back to the Glock, right? For reliability. Not necessarily shootability. Perfection. <laughs> Glock perfection. I don't care what you think it's perfection. It's it's the same uh it's the same firearm for the last twenty seven years or no, longer than that. Yeah, but they chiseled off the front. Forty. The front yeah. of the pistol now is contoured. Yeah, that's to not perfection. new. The Glock twenty six had that since <laughs> yeah, its inception. That's right. The pig nose. Hell yeah. But, you know, okay, so we haven't, you, you know, we, we you try to, to improve on that, right? CZ yeah. did it with the, you know, setting the slide inside the frame instead of over yeah. it, you know, and the lower bore, and allows for a lower bore access. Is I, I, it easier yeah. to shoot? I don't know. I went on a little rant with my buddy um, texting about this. Like, he's asking open emitter versus closed emitter. Oh, with dots and, and I'm stuff. like, hey, right now, like, closed emitter is the hotness. But mm-hmm. I kind of laid on a little, a little rant, like... At this point, we've pretty much made it technologically. Well, it also with starts all of the to bells like, and whistles. Like none of the, it's all the same stuff that we had twenty years ago. It's just gotten a little like. Well, it starts to come full refined. circle too. Because what was the first optic guys I, were throwing on Glocks? Was it the fucking T one? The T one, yeah. Closed emitter um, optic. That, that's a good argument too. I brought up the ACOG and LPVO thing because it was yeah. at one point like ACOG was the shit, and then LPVOs were the shit. <laughs> this is exactly how I worded it, and it's like. Well, it's it's it, then, it's personal preference. Like honestly, yeah. I think the ACOG is a trash optic for a lot of reasons. Yeah, the redeeming, the overly redeeming quality to it is the goddamn thing's indestructible. Right, Shooter, which is why Shooter Rugi would disagree. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> he has a bunch of horror stories from the Marine Corps, which I haven't seen any really bad things happen to ACOGs, and I've seen some really beat up ACOGs. But um, I've never, I've never heard anyone tell me that the ACOG is a is a non rugged optic. Yeah, I've everyone. Not at all. Like Mike Glover at Fieldcraft Survival hates the ACOG, talks about how rugged it is all the time. But the eye relief is terrible. It's a fixed four power. And eventually that tritium wears out on it. And then at nighttime, you're just kind of SOL. I mean, everything's got its pro and its I think it's great just slapping on a gun and giving to somebody new and teaching. Like you could probably, that optic alone for a guy that's qualling with a nine, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's a slap on like, I think it's a, I don't know, 
it's a, it's a, it, there's not it, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. You know, don't it's not worth getting hung up. I'll over. take it over an Elcan personally. I've never shot an Elcan. Um, it's just a heavier ACOG with a one X that you'll never want to use. Yeah, so it's a throw lever, right? It's yep. a straight one to four. Yep. It's you can't get the two or the three. You either have a one X yep. or a four X. Yep, and that's it. And they're extremely valuable for because cloners are so expensive. Yeah, they're they're yeah. but they're not great. Um, the reticle's cool, but I mean, yeah, it's like. But that's, that's apples a, and oranges compared to an ACOG. They're both they both have BDCs. Both the the reticle power. thing is that that's that changes even more often than the the optics do. You yeah. know, I mean, like, oh, this new reticle—it's going to give you all this data for a fucking forty-two, you know, one eighteen zero or some goofy something super goofy. And you're like, well, why do we need that? And people like invent the reason why this makes sense. And it's I don't reticles. Me and reticles. I don't. I like. I. I'm. I like one step over a duplex. Yeah. And and I'm good with that. I don't shoot enough long range to really have an opinion on reticles. I. I really. I don't either. Yeah. Um. I like. I like the simplicity of a not busy reticle. I can. T- I can say that. Yes. Like I love the. Um. I have the vortex one to six. What's the the PST? The viper. The viper, and yeah. it's just a regular, like X reticle with a couple BDC lines. There's nothing crazy on it. That's yep. I Is love there mine. more stuff that you could put on it to make it? more versatile mm-hmm. yeah absolutely like built-in range finders that's cool um the christmas tree if you're really shooting long range yeah but, but i mean like, if you're a general like do all for especially for five five six optic like that's all i really would need personally yeah but i, I think people look at the and I, I talked about this with adrian from sidewinder concepts mm-hmm. and i think the overwhelming assumption with people is the busier the reticle the better the scope and it's like yeah. um that could be true, provided you know how to interpret the data that the optic mm-hmm. is giving back to you. Um, but truthfully, if you're sh- if you're not comfortable shooting out past 200, yeah. which like I'm not, just because I haven't had a lot of exposure to it, yep. um, you know, it's not really going to serve you that well because you're you're just you're not shooting far enough for it to be impactful. Plus, yeah. if you really are trying to stretch out a five five six, five hundred yards is about five to seven is about your maximum. So you're trying to seven go past that. For sure. I mean, yeah, guys I mean, like to throw out seven, like, Oh, this will go good out to 700 yards, but like have never even tried to shoot at 700 yards or had the opportunity yeah. to, um, uh, what was I going to say? It's just, it's, Oh, I wish that we regular ranges, like the majority of Americans had the opportunity to shoot out to 300. Cause I think it, it would build a ton of confidence because 300 really isn't too bad. It's just enough to where you have to have, really good dialed the, in fundamentals i think the problem is work access to real estate that's what i'm saying i wish it's, i wish it was like here more in michigan we can't have those ranges yeah. because we really need to have more golf courses per capita than <laughs> yeah. any other state you gotta, you gotta meet more farmers man it's dude, I, I, I won't hate on the farmers yeah but i will hate on the golf course people because yeah. goddamn you know it's like the best how the, many more places do you need to hit a thing into a hole <laughs> it's it, it is awful like honestly and There's i don't some know golfer that, in here like seething right now i yeah golfers how dare you god damn it You're one golfer uh, but like listener. you know if you if and if anybody does travel through michigan i encourage you to look through, like or even just look it up right now out of curiosity the number of golf courses that are in michigan compared to other states i had never thought about it is it obscene dude it's once you get to like mid mitten you know, like middle of the state and I can, everything. I'm north. pretty sure there's like four within a ten mile radius of my house. Like, <laughs> yeah, from here, and I'm in like like I'm by the water and stuff too. Yeah, I know for sure we have an easy driving distance and like under ten minute driving distance. I think there's two by me. Yeah, and then you got driving ranges because we can have driving ranges for practice for golf balls, but God forbid we have gun ranges for practice with yeah. 
bullets. Um, you know, it's just, yeah. I mean, but again, that you can, you can go, you can chase that down the rabbit hole too and get into like, this is the problem is the culture celebrates stuff like that. And we're afraid of guns, yeah. you know, so we don't have things like that, but you know, I think, I mean, so to kind of to bring it, bring it back, you know, full circle, if, if you even want to say that is that there's a lot that you will hear and a lot of input you'll get from people. And it's not that you shouldn't ignore people when they give you input, listen to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, my, what Think I try to it. do is like, I try to learn something from everything. Mm hmm. Whether it's what to do or that's like what not to do. I'm not doing that shit. Let's not worry about the blood vessels in our hands. Let's focus more on our breathing and trigger pull. By that, okay, so by by that, like I I probably wouldn't be able to contain myself. By by that logic, the C-clamp grip is completely ineffective in any weapon system. You should just not use your support hand at that point. That's, hey, there you go. Now you're onto something. Now you could, you could like those what do you call the smart guns from that movie aliens where it's like a <laughs> uh, a camera um arm or whatever yeah. and it's uh it was like a, i think they built it out of like a kawasaki handlebar and a german mg42 machine gun good lord and you just need one hand to fire it yeah take it take the, the support hand entirely out of the equation yeah it's like deadlifting, but only using your back and not your legs it's completely wrong yeah it's stupid uh, I mean, I get what he was talking about. You're introducing more, you know, issues, but it's just not, yeah. So at any rate, um, there's just, yeah, there's a lot you, you're going to hear. Um, seek out good information. Like, do you have good people you go to for for your information? Yeah, I was going to say earlier on, like, we, I relate to Lucas early on is what really changed my mentality when it came to what and really I, good shooting looks and like. I would say to that, right, because we both mentioned Lucas. Yeah. Look back to his earlier stuff on YouTube. He used to talk a lot more about shooting fundamentals, and he still has some really good videos yeah. on them, too. Um, his how-tos in 10 minutes are really good. Yeah, still. or how to shoot a rifle better, or five yeah. steps to shoot a rifle better. Like, those yeah. are some pretty insightful videos. How to control videos. rifle recoil. Mm-hmm. He has Liku's. Is, I love watching you have time to sit down and watch him teach Liku. Yeah, really that's a long video. It is. It's worth it. Um, I love videos like that. Um kind of in chronological like that was when i started to look at like what crazy how crazy good you could get at shooting was some of lucas's old stuff when he was just stupid fast and everybody thought that he was speeding up his videos um uh in the army one of my buddies and i really got hooked on watching tulam from ronin ronin yeah. tactics yep loved watching his instruction videos where he was when i first started learning like to loosen up your body and it'll actually make you control recoil better instead of wanting to muscle down on the gun and be yeah. as tight to where you're actually it's, it's just like when you look your... at you look at buildings and bridges and stuff you have to have some flex to yeah. you um which i'm sure he probably has some very eloquent like yeah you know uh eastern you know proverb or something uh <laughs> that says it way better than that yeah. but yeah, I mean, some like some a, a branch in the wind or something, yeah. in you know something about snapping or a twig or yeah. I don't know. He has a, I I do like like twos. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't watch him too much anymore. But early on, that was sort of in my in my journey of of learning. Um, I really I still will use part of when I explained how to grip a pistol. Um, he did it one hand at a time and showed like filling in that space. Um, mm-hmm. Just a couple weekends ago, teaching my brother, I kind of used a little bit of uh, Tulum's stuff mixed with some of the um, uh, Modern Samurai methods as well. Really yeah. liked watching Modern Samurai course videos. Um, just the way that he talks just clicked with me. 
Um, yeah. And he's sort of zen. Just I, I just I like his voice. Well, he's just <laughs> very chill about it. it doesn't yeah. need to be super intense all yeah. the time. Like, that's sort of I, some of the military guys got super intense with it, and it's like okay, let's chill let's out just real t- quick. Take it down and yeah. Um, recently, I love watching Milspec Mojo's monthly um, cold starts, cold start videos. Yeah. His last one was great because he was teaching a guy who had never shot a pistol. Um, like a, he was a pilot buddy of theirs. I'd never seen him in any of his videos, but watch the first half of that one. That, that drill actually looked pretty fun. Yeah. Um, like Mojo is one of my favorite teachers right now. Um, just seeing, he's not, he's not even an instructor, but just watching how they bounce around information Mm -hmm. in their videos is something like him and, and Steve, um, from Ripcord, like high level dudes that know how to shoot. Yeah. Giving each other tips. Um, and just getting better with each other, but then also just loving how he breaks down, um, gripping a pistol and, um, you see it in grand thumbs, like how to control rifle, uh, recoil and how to shoot faster videos. I've seen the, I just, I almost watch those quarterly just cause I love watching. Is that the one where he threw a Glock mag into his SIG and ran it? He threw a SIG mag into his Glock. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It'll work. Yeah. Here, watch this. Yeah, I promise. Um, he has a one take with Lucas from a while back. That's really good. I just love the way that he breaks down simple stuff and he got he just blazes it like he's the definition to me of showing it first and then teaching it or while you're teaching it showing what mm-hmm. you're trying to explain demonstrating yeah. demonstrating what they say when you're vetting your instructors make sure that they're doing demos of what they're trying to have you do um instead of just telling you how to do it and when you're doing it wrong but then they don't fire a shot yeah and show you you know what i mean that's important um but i str- i strive now as a as a teacher to just uh, a lot of what mojo does it's super inspiring to me um yeah yeah no he's a good one i like watching his stuff too absolutely um so hopefully that helps you guys all you know um there's a lot of information out there a lot of good information a lot of bad information uh some of it'll be digital some of it'll be in person but i mean we always talk about right like getting new people involved is huge Mm -hmm. to build the community but once you get them involved, you kind of got to make sure that they stay involved mm-hmm. and that they, they do the right things. It's like, I assume anyways, it's kind of like raising a kid a little bit that way. Like mm-hmm. you want to make sure they get access to the right info. So something we thought was important to talk about, um, you know, or at the very least entertaining to talk about because yeah. some of this stuff is just jacked up, you know, <laughs> I think, I think as majority of stuff you'll find online right now is pr- like pretty much good, good information. Whether it's different yeah. from what the other guy says, you can you're, you're able to take good stuff. Yeah, from I mean, it. Y- yeah, look, I mean, look at it. If it's like a YouTube video with seven subscribers, yeah, you know, maybe maybe check that against some other sources. Yeah. I just mean like but, when you search something, the first videos most likely are going to oh, be yeah, yeah. good no, to I, go. You know? I agree with the algorithms these days. Like, yeah. well, for the most part, you'll you'll get you'll get the pretty decent stuff. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I hope this was helpful for you guys. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Certainly a fun discussion for us. Um, got another couple bangers actually lined up in the next few weeks here. I'm excited. Uh, and certainly if you guys have listened this far, appreciate the hell out of it, but also would love it if you head on over to Patreon and check out what we have going on. Patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. So you have more exclusive, in, you know, uh, content episodes, blogs, videos, targets, all kinds of good stuff going on over there. Go check it out. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month and everything. I mean, everything helps really, really appreciate you guys. Uh, again, hope you enjoyed this. We'll have another great episode for you next week, but until that time you guys get out there, hit the range, work on those fundamentals. And like we always say here, 
work hard, train smarter, and be prepared.